podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The more my company grows, the harder it is to stay focused on our core product. I need to master DE&I, ESG, M&A, even how to adapt to hybrid working. The more hats I wear, the more I need Aon. They bring their whole team to the table and give me access to great minds in each discipline. So as my business grows, my knowledge expands and I see things more clearly. Better decisions. Aon. Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Charles back here again for another edition of Let's Talk Chelsea. Hope you're doing well and keeping safe. Hope you had an amazing Christmas. If you celebrate it, it was a lovely time personally. It was the first proper Christmas my family has had since 2019 and I think there's quite a few people who had that. It was supposed to be last year but then COVID hit us once again and luckily everyone remained healthy and we were able to have a decent Christmas. So I hope if you were celebrating Christmas with your family, you you had a really good one. Um, and apologies, I couldn't get a rational perspective out last night for the uh, Bournemouth game. We are going to speak about the Bournemouth game very shortly. Once again, just busy and sort of prioritising spending time with family, having a few drinks, you know, enjoying yourself, uh, which I think is necessary at this time of the year. Uh, I did put a little review out on TikTok. If you aren't following me on TikTok, please go and do so at Son of Chelsea. So there may be sort of exclusive content on there as well, uh, just giving my thoughts. But as I say, we'll get to that. So much to get through in today's uh, show. We've got transfer stuff. We've got injury news. We have got... Uh, shock sort of twist in terms of who Chelsea are going for uh, in in the transfer window as well. It is dominated obviously by transfers, but some big players are in there and potentially a huge month coming up for Chelsea, even bigger than what we anticipated going into the winter window and uh, some big positions that Chelsea have needed to fill for a while and uh, we'll get into all of that stuff. I think the best place to start and before we do, please, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of the Chelsea content. Chelsea are back now. We've got a ton of games in January. I looked at it. I was surprised at how many games we still have. So it's still going to be a lot of content coming up on the channel as we head into the new year and try and hit that goal of 30k subscribers. If you are listening on the podcast too, thank you so much for tuning in. Son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. If you haven't checked out the exclusive podcast yet, 2022 in review, you can find it on the podcast feed. All audio, 35 minutes, just myself rambling on about Chelsea's mental 2022. So go and give that a listen if you haven't already. But we're going to start with the news confirmed by Chelsea. There, there is just too much news today. And, you know, just to give you behind the scenes on, on production at the moment, I recorded the full podcast, uh, 16 minutes where I covered literally everything. And then I go on Twitter and Chelsea have announced... Uh, they've reached an agreement with Mould for David Datro for final. Not the end of the world, but I had to add this as well at the start of the podcast regarding the news. Uh, all good, Chelsea. We're going to get him in on January the 1st. We spoke about him in, in detail last week. Uh, a big deal for Chelsea, uh, hopefully for the future. But I had to add it in today's podcast because there's just there's too much news about Chelsea. But let's let's move on to the rest of the podcast now with the Reese James injury because that is the one negative, the big negative of last night. And we've had confirmation from the club. We had reports from Simon Johnson 
uh, from The Athletic that Reese James' injury is to rule him out for three to four weeks, up to a month, uh, the club said in a statement. Uh, Simon Johnson here reporting that the, the injury suffered by James in Chelsea's victory over Bournemouth on Tuesday is not as bad as first feared, with the England defender hoping to return in three to four weeks. It's a little bit like the Wesley Fofana situation last week where he's kind of aggravated the same problem. There is fears that if this persists for Reese James, he's probably going to have to have surgery. Hopefully, touch wood, fingers crossed, praying that's not the case. But it's another massive setback for an amazing player. And it really does worry me because I just... My big fear of Reese James is that he's just going to be one of these players that we've seen over the years who's just kind of cursed with injuries and his body keeps breaking down. There could even be an argument I've seen from some people that he maybe needs to change position and the physical toll and the demand of being a right back, a wing back in the modern game might not be what what is going to keep him fit. But I think that'd be a, a great shame considering the talent that is there and the impact he had, even though not always directly, but you saw the level of Chelsea's game with Rhys James on the pitch, the, the areas Chelsea were, were able to exploit, the way Chelsea were able to move the ball so smoothly through the thirds it wasn't just of course Reese James but he plays such a massive part in it and um, fingers crossed because this is a brilliant player and I really really hope for his sake he's had to come through so much this year uh, already in his career and I just hope that um, he can get through this and Chelsea can get him back because it's a big question heading into January isn't it you know Chelsea recruiting potential backup for Reese James and it may be a necessary thing for the second half of the season if this continues to be a problem so hopefully it is only three to four weeks and he can come back fit and firing for Chelsea but let's get into the game 4-3-3 very happy with that formation for me the superior formation I, I love using it on Football Manager I love using it on FIFA but also um, it, it was the formation of the best Chelsea team in history the 0-4-5 team but it's not just that I think that Potter got it spot on I think he really did but also the the profiles of players in those positions which has been a problem for Chelsea in recent years I think it has in terms of maybe coaches different coaches maybe not putting players in their best position and, and kind of where where are they, their kind of attributes going to really excel for Chelsea and maybe that's why we've seen some awkwardness with certain players particularly in the final third where there really was uh, a lot of potential and optimism to be had there Kai Havertz um, I think he's my man of the match for last night he gets a goal he gets an assist the goal itself brilliant number nine play uh, but I just thought all round his connection to Raheem Sterling who also had a really strong night um, it was a real angry and determined Kai Havertz that I wanted to see after the World Cup. And this is the Kai Havertz again. You know, I've been very critical of Kai Havertz, but I have always maintained I think there's a talent there. Um, and it's just about consistency. And I also think last night proved that it isn't always about positioning. Yes, he was kind of playing this deeper role where he was kind of rotating at times and, and being fluid, as people like to say. But he wasn't playing a defined role. He can play as a forward in Chelsea's system. And I think that really benefited him. I thought the use of two wingers, two natural wide players in Christian Pulisic and Raheem Sterling as well created that width, created those problems. Uh, I think Christian Pulisic was brilliant. Really do, even though he didn't get on the score sheet and, you know, deserved the penalty early on. Some terrible officiating last night from Hooper, but, you know, Chelsea got away with it. But, you know, I think for Pulisic, it was a really, really encouraging performance after an encouraging World Cup. That's really good to see. Sterling, I've already said. Dennis Zakaria, I think, could be a bit of a revelation for Chelsea. Um, he's just adding something that we've... we it, It's so simple analysis. There was more to his game than this. But I just... Watching him live, that physique, that dominance, that kind of... Um, just presence in central midfield. But it was also his mobility and also his ability 
as an attacking midfielder to get forward. You saw his influence and movement in the second goal that was expertly finished, sublime finish by Mason Mount, who really needed that goal for his confidence. Um, I thought Thiago Silva, despite limping in the first half and we thought he was going to have to go off, had a really good game too. Um, just all round, really, really encouraging game. Yes, the injury to Reese James, I felt Chelsea flagged a bit. I do wonder if some of that is fatigue because a lot of these players have not only played in the World Cup, but some of them didn't. So... I don't know. I think for what Chelsea fans have been moaning about and the sense of negativity and pessimism before a ball was kicked last night, I don't think you can really moan that much. Chelsea had to win that game. They did, but they also did it with some style and things that I think should give us confidence moving into the next game. And hopefully we see that development from the players. Let's move on into the transfer news. Um, Enzo Fernandez, a name that we have spoken about on the channel before. We got these reports out of uh, Portugal that apparently... Uh, Benfica could be selling him next month and they could be selling him to Chelsea uh, because apparently uh, Chelsea have gone in for Enzo Fernandez. Uh, they're ready to table over 100 million apparently for him, ready to activate his release clause um, and Benfica may already be looking uh, for replacements and Zarkoncella has actually reported this for the evening standard. So it's kind of gone from a little bit of rumour that seemed a little bit crazy and, and suspect over some of the sources that were reporting it last night to credible people reporting it. Um, massive it really is if Chelsea were to go in for a central midfielder I have to say I'd feel a little bit uneasy what is the world coming to if Chelsea finally sign a central midfielder I have seen the comparison in 2014 we signed a Benfica midfielder the year after that we won a Premier League title uh, of course that was Nemanja Matic very different story but and, and a very different feed but Enzo Fernandez I know a lot of people find him uh, very exciting and obviously is, is coming off of a winning World Cup with his nation Argentina uh, and scored a brilliant goal and, and really contributed to their tournament um, but as well as really impressed with Benfica this season and uh, it, it's going to cost Chelsea a lot it really is but you know I, I think this investment if you're going to invest heavily anywhere in Chelsea squad it's central midfield and it has been central midfield for so many years um, so I'd like to know your thoughts. Do you think this is possible? Do you think this is just paper talk? You know, do you think this it's unrealistic to see Benfica let a player like Enzo go, even though they get a massive fee for him, they make a massive profit only signing him last summer. But their Champions League group, they're, they're, they've done so well. They're into the Champions League and of course their league form too. So we'll see. Another player uh, that was once at Benfica, Joao Felix. Apparently Chelsea eyeing a January loan deal for Joao Felix. Uh, this is from the Telegraph. We did speak about Joao Felix as a potential option for Chelsea next month. Apparently Chelsea are considering a loan with an option uh, or obligation to buy in the summer. Depending on the terms Atletico want for Felix's departure after the Portugal International's four seasons in Madrid following his move from Benfica, Chairman Todd Bowley is believed to be willing to move swiftly for a deal. Felix would compete as a left-sided forward who can also play on the right with Kai Havertz in frame to play as centre forward Felix you know my feelings on him I I'm not sold and the reason I'm not sold is just he's kind of once again one of these positionless players and I do slightly worry he'd come in and, and get mixed up at Chelsea this is a player who's lacking confidence I think lacking a bit of trust now we know in football how quickly that can change if he does go into an environment that does change things I mean look at Zakaria for instance um, you know there are good and bad options and there are good you know I think he's a talent I really do I just wonder again resources in the next month should they be spent on Joao Felix is, are there other attacking options Chelsea could be going after if say Fafana is going to be going out on loan and Chelsea are looking to sign a centre forward I think there are maybe more suitable options but Joao Felix I'm not, I'm not it'd be silly of me to sit here and tell you that he's rubbish because that's obviously nonsensical there quite clearly is a talent there I'm just 
I'm wondering with Chelsea's history and Chelsea's plans, what do we do with the player if he arrives? That's always my big question of attacking players, particularly after the failures of recent years. And I think it, it's logical for all of us to have those questions over a number of players Chelsea are targeting. But as I say, let me know in the comments below. Do you want Joao Felix? Do you think this is going to be a good loan deal and could turn out to be, you know, a bit of a gem in the second half of the season? Uh, let me know. The final transfer story regards, uh, I think this is definitely more concrete and it is regarding Monaco defender Benoit uh, Badashil. Uh, apparently Chelsea see him as a priority for Monaco and Chelsea are talking to the French club about recruiting the France international. While currently there is no agreement between the Premier League side and uh, Liga and counterparts, multiple sources believe he will join in the weeks ahead for around 35 million euros. That's around um, 30 million pounds. Kind of come out of nowhere, it really did. And it, it shocked me. And I was kind of like, I think it's Christmas Eve this story broke. And it's kind of developed since. And it looks like it can happen. Chelsea want to move swiftly for another defender. I've seen some of the logic behind it, right? Thiago Silva ain't going to go on forever. There's even some suggestion that Kalidou Koulibaly may not be here as long as his contract says. Uh, we'll see in the second half of the season. I don't want to rush the judgment. I, I think we have to see how Koulibaly does in, in, in the rest of the season. But there, there is a fair point. There is also a fair counterpoint that I know you know I'm about to bring up regarding Levi Carwell. But... I was lucky enough to speak to a, a French football expert before the game against Bournemouth and uh, it was interesting hearing from him regarding Chelsea's links that there was kind of a little bit of surprise or frustration that he wasn't taken to the World Cup um, and he maybe should have been taken to the World Cup with France and obviously they went to the final, lost um, but I, you know, I look at the performances of, of Meccano who was really unconvincing in the tournament. Uh, Badajo, I know uh, people who know him and watched him are impressed by the player. They think just if you isolate him down and forget about the context of Chelsea's squad, forget about the context of Levi Colwell, this is a good defender, a developing one who could offer a bit of dominance and security and really thrive and get better at Chelsea. He's in the young profile again of a player that could become better uh, with age at Chelsea. So Chelsea, the, the one thing I'd say, no matter, we don't always have to agree about all the targets. One thing I would say is Chelsea being proactive and they aren't, in every case, looking to spend over 100 million. Some of these are targets. Um, quite clearly, I, I wonder if Florence Stewart has a little bit of influence in this because, you know, obviously we got him in from Monaco and hopefully the recruitment team is already working their magic and, and trying to make things happen to strengthen the squad because it also is, is becoming apparent with all these very proactive deals for some key players, um, not only the ones for the future, that Chelsea, it seems like to me, Chelsea are desperate to get top four. I think that's what the, the message that is being sent right now is that Chelsea aren't just going to rest on their laurels. The new ownership want to get top four. They want to maintain Champions League football because they probably want to go again in the summer for some big players. And the way to do that is to invest in this window. There is always risk, but there's risk as we know. You know, Chelsea's transfer business kind of flip it on its head we can talk about the problems of signing in January and Chelsea have had, but Chelsea have had problem signing in all of the windows. Um, so we can sort of sit there and go, let's wait for the summer where players can be more integrated. We've done that and they've still failed. Uh, but I think in terms of the defensive side, we've had a little bit more success in recent years and um, maybe could add that quality. Maybe could add, you know, it, it's not just what I like about it. It's not just for the short term, it's for the long term. That is my kind of big thing about January. I don't want 30 year olds coming in 
and that we have no plans for beyond the next six months. You want to be buying players that you do see a future with that can become first team members into next season. That's my kind of big thing for the next month. And I'm sure you guys will probably agree on that, even if there are some kind of shorter terms, ones that you maybe think could offer a boost. I think Chelsea need to be looking at the value, as I say, not just for securing Champions League football and getting back into the top four race in the Premier League. It's also about what they're going to offer for the next two to three to four, five years um, in key positions across Chelsea's squad. That is it. Um, Chelsea obviously back in action again um, on New Year's Day, which is my birthday. Please don't ruin my birthday, Chelsea, this year. I my, Once my birthday fell on, uh, sorry, the Spurs game. Remember the 5-3 Harry Kane showing up? Uh, that fell on my birthday evening one year. So fingers crossed that does not happen this year. We're playing against Nottingham Forest who watched against Man United. They are pretty tragic. So hopefully Chelsea can continue that performance. I really like the use of the 4-3-3. Maybe in games, you know, where Chelsea feel like they can be a bit more dominant. Uh, we'll see how that all goes. We've got Hakim Ziyech, who had a good World Cup. Mateo Kovacic too, apparently both of them back in training, which is good. Um, and as I say, hopefully Reese James' recovery goes well in the next three to four weeks. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for watching. Follow me on Twitter, at Son of Chelsea. And I will see you again very soon. All the best. Podcast Network.